You are now listening to Closer in Tech, the podcast created by the D2 Collective. This is Erica. And this is Nasti. The D2 Collective's vision is to make the tech world feel closer. This podcast aims to inspire you through the ever-changing world of tech. Meet Tamina. Tamina has been working for over four years at LinkedIn, mostly in media sales. She worked for over three years from the Dublin office and now almost already a year from LinkedIn's New York City office. In 2020, Tamila launched the FemHive podcast, helping young female professionals with the often challenging transition from college into the workplace. Next to that, she has a strong passion for encouraging women to learn about personal finances and how to be financially secure, as this sets a direct path toward inclu- inclusive economic growth. In line with this, just this year, she founded Give Her Dollars, with a mission to help women build generational wealth by investing in other women. She wants to close the knowledge gap around venture capital, angel investing, and personal finance. Welcome, Tamina. Thank you so much, Nasty and Erica, for having me. I've been really looking forward to this conversation with you all. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, yeah, so I think Nasty's intro was quite exhaustive, but there's always something more to know. So can you tell us a bit more about yourself, like personally and professionally wise? Yeah, happy to. And I totally agree, Erica Nasty's intro was so on point. So thank you for that. But um, yeah, maybe let me take a step back because I think over the past couple of months, I've come to realize that my childhood actually has had a big impact on who I am today. So let me go a couple of years back and start there. So I actually grew up in a household with reverse gender roles. Um, My grandmother used to be a very successful pediatric pediatric surgeon, um, while my grandfather was able to work remotely from home. And he was first watching my mom and my aunt and later on myself and my, my younger brother. So growing up, I didn't really think that I was going to be limited in my career aspirations or my personal life just by virtue of being a woman. So I was very, very lucky in that sense, because I know that's not the case for for a lot of young girls growing up. Um, So I, I didn't really start experiencing any form of discrimination until I was a teenager when I started experiencing forms of sexual harassment by my male male peers in school. And fast forward a couple of years, I wanted to actually work in sports journalism. I wanted to be a sports reporter. I've always loved sports, soccer in particular. And that was obviously a very male-dominated space. Um, And I started working for a radio station, focusing on sports coverage. And while I really enjoyed it, I was one of the very few women in that room, as you can imagine. So that was sometimes a bit uncomfortable. And then when I had the opportunity to move to the U.S., um, things changed for me. You know, the U.S., they tend to be always a few years ahead of Europe when it comes to technological innovations. And that's where I was really starting to be quite fascinated by how digitalization impacted the media industry because I was on track to become a journalist, right? Um But at the time, I started getting involved in like social media management and discovered the world of tech and startups through my innovation entrepreneurship studies. And that's really when when I made that sort of pivot. And then 
In addition to gaining new insights into the world of tech and social media as a whole, I was exposed to new narratives around gender and racial equality after moving to the US from Germany. I started doing research and writing papers on gender-related topics within my political science major. Uh, I founded a local He for She chapter. He for She, for those of you who might not be familiar with it, is a is initiative that was started by UN Women uh, a while back. Uh, Emma Watson, the actress, um, was uh, the ambassador for He for She. Um, and then when I eventually joined the corporate world after graduating from, from college, it was very important for me uh, to join an environment in which I could continue my advocacy work and learn about the experiences women have in a workplace. And so when I joined my current employer, LinkedIn, I was fortunate to quickly become the co-lead of our women at group at um, our company's EMEA headquarters in Dublin. And then fast forward to 2020, I started the FemHive podcast based on my own experience with post-graduation depression. I found it really challenging to establish a new sense of identity that was not tied to being a student anymore. And Around that time, I also started to realize that there was a set of challenges that especially young professionals were facing. And some of these experiences are, you know, either unique to, unique to women or when all genders experience them, the way women experience them is different. And our society simply doesn't do a good job at addressing that because, you know, the world we live in was built by and for the white cis hetero men. And that's why I ultimately decided to launch the FemHive podcast so I can create that space to have these very important conversations. And um, yeah, a few months in, I realized that these conversations around personal finance specifically resonated the most with my global audiences. And then after moving to New York City, I decided to rebrand to give her dollars to zoom in on that specific topic because I had experienced firsthand how empowering building wealth was and how many societal and systemic barriers women were facing when it comes to managing their personal finances. and. Yeah, here we are today. <laughs> Thank you, Zamina. Thank you for sharing sort of your journey and also your experiences. Um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I think it's, you know, sometimes when you're do some, doing something in the moment, you don't really connect the dots. But then when you take a step back and you have a couple of years of experience under your belt, you're starting to notice certain patterns and behaviors. And all of a sudden it, it makes sense. But oftentimes it can take a couple of years for you to really realize that. <laughs> Thank you for that. I wanted to pivot a little bit. So, of course, you just mentioned that you that you that that your sort of global audience especially with the femhive podcast was very interested in sort of financial topics and i want to understand how did you personally get interested in investing and sort of creating that secure and financial independent future yeah very good question nasty so i actually used to have a pretty bad relationship with money i would spend my money all the time on you know, clothing handbags you name it um and I actually didn't save anything from my first job out of college and basically lived paycheck to paycheck. Granted, I'd only made about 30K at that time, but but still. And then when I started working for my current company back in 2018, I maybe had maybe one to $2,000 or euros to my name. And I just knew that this wasn't sustainable. So I used that new job at a new company in a new country as an opportunity to have a clean cut and i was thinking to myself like hey now that you have access to all of these amazing workplace benefits 
you really have to take advantage. So at that point in time, back in 2018, I made a promise to myself that I would become financially literate. So what I did was from day one, I maxed out my retirement savings as well as my employee stock purchase program contributions, because that way, 19% of my gross pay was automatically deducted from my paycheck each month and invested in the stock market. So that way I really trained myself to live on less money than I had in theory available. And then along the way, I also started reading blogs and subscribed to newsletters to educate myself on all of these topics. But my true aha moment was when I started learning about the power of compound interest and the importance of making your money work for you in the background without you lifting a finger. That was so, so powerful for me. And yeah, three three years later, I generated a net worth of um, 100K on a five-figure salary. And I started talking about it online and it really resonated with people. That's so great to, to hear. And it starts with these sort of these very simple um, but profound sort of changes that you need to make, right? Mm -hmm. Earning more than you spend or spending less than you actually earn. In that time, when you were getting um, sort of, like you said, financially literate, is there any sort of book or any articles or any writings that you recommend, um, that you can remember and recommend to people? Yeah, absolutely. So I really love Nerd Wallet. It's it's a website that really breaks it down, like how saving and investing works, how the stock market works, how compound interest works. So that was one one resource that was really helpful to me. And then there's also a website called Money Under Thirty. Um, that is specifically, as you can tell by the name, geared towards younger folks who are just starting out. So that was also really helpful. And then once the pandemic started, I started to discover many incredible female content creators in the finance space. So there is um, Dasha, the broke black girl is her handle. There's Shang, Save My Sense. There's Tori Dunlap, who's the founder of her first 100K. And, and many incredible female content creators. And I started following their work, interviewed some of them for my podcast, actually. And um, yeah, I, I really loved seeing women empower themselves through learning how to manage their own money in a more sustainable way. That sounds so inspiring, Tavina. So thank you so much for sharing. And um, if I can ask something more about uh, Giver Dollars, I'm, I'm really curious about how that works. So can you tell us a bit more about what you do and yeah, a bit how you got this idea? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So it's going to be a bit of a longer answer, but in many ways, Giver Dollars is basically a reflection of my own evolution as a young female professional who's still in search of her true purpose in life. You know, when I launched FemHive in 2020, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to create something that would benefit young women. And little did I know how much the podcast and the community I started to build would actually help me with my own healing process because I was suffering from depression and anxiety at the time. So the podcast helped me, but it kind of like developed a life on its own. But I just kept coming back to those financial topics because I got so many questions about investing, saving for retirement, salary negotiation, and so on. 
I then start writing an ebook, a uh, personal finance 101. So kind of like an intro to managing your personal finances and it was very well resonated. It really resonated well with my, with my community. And then when I left Dublin to move to New York to embark on a completely new chapter in my life, it, it felt like as if I had almost like outgrown FemHive and I felt the need to pivot and niche down a bit. Um, and at the same time, it also felt like a natural progression of the work I had already been doing because it aligns more with my professional aspirations and where I see myself having the impact moving forward. Um, and 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 so to my point earlier, like really watching women around the globe educating themselves on how to get out of debt, how to invest in the stock market and start working towards financial freedom has been incredibly impactful to me through, you know, some of the incredible work of the female content creators that I was just mentioning. Um, because, yeah, women's financial empowerment does set a direct path toward gender equality and inclusive economic growth. And when women are financially secure and not dependent on men, we can really focus on bettering society, but we cannot get there alone. We as women and our allies can only achieve this together as a collective. So I start asking myself, how can we women and our allies continue to build wealth by investing in themselves and in other women? And then my thoughts immediately went to angel investing and venture capital as I myself am considering pivoting to that industry at some point in the future. And luckily, more and more women are becoming active in the space. However, women or female founders still only receive about 2% of all venture capital money, and that's just not okay. And when I continued to study that, that industry, one of my first observations was that access to opportunities within angel investing and venture capital seemed to be reserved for highly privileged, very well-educated, well-connected, and let's be real, mostly wealthy individuals. And I'm the first to acknowledge that I myself hold a lot of privilege as a white, you know, heterosexual female who graduated from a great school. Um, but I just want more women who aren't as privileged and well-connected to have access to these opportunities. Because if only a small privileged group of women has access to this knowledge, it's going to take decades for women to catch up to men in the space so in order for us to really move the needle we need to equip a broader set of women with the knowledge and the tools in order for them to feel comfortable joining these important conversations around investing so they can start making informed decisions about it um and so my goal for now is really focusing on creating educational content around personal finance angel investing and venture capital online Next year in 2023, I will actually relaunch my podcast under the new branding. I will focus a lot more on the topic of uh, women creating wealth for themselves and 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 other women. And yeah, long term, I really hope that I can scale this community and hopefully launch my own products and services at some point in the future. So that's where I'm at right now. And that's where I want to go in the future. <laughs> Love it, Amina. Thank you for that. I know also, and just like you just said, um, that sort of the gender pay gap is also an important topic for you. Can you tell us a little bit about what the impact of the gender pay gap is and what we can do about it as individuals? Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important topic, Nasty. Um, and we could, in fact, have an entire episode on this topic alone. But um, to break it down in numbers, you know, for every dollar men earn, women 
earn on average between 73 and 77 cents based on which statistic you look at. Now, it is very important to acknowledge the intersectionality of gender and race in this context because women of color earn significantly less than white women do. So to give more context to that, for every dollar a white man earns, a white woman earns 73 cents, a black woman earns 58 cents, and a Hispanic woman earns 49 cents. And the pandemic, unfortunately, has only widened that gap. And at the current rate, it would take more than 250 years to close the gender pay gap. Um, you might know that on March 15th, every year we celebrate Equal Pay Day. And that day kind of symbolizes how far into the year women must work to earn what men earned in the previous year. In the US, there's also Black women's, Native women's, moms, and Latinas equal pay day, which are all even later in the year to reflect the fact that many women must work far longer into the year to catch up to men. Um, so, so that's kind of the gender pay gap in a nutshell. Now, what I think is even more important to talk about than gender pay gap because I think we all acknowledge that the gender pay gap exists, it's there, we need to work on it. But there is something that's even more problematic and unfortunately gets significantly less attention by the media and that is called the gender wealth gap. The gender wealth gap is a metric that does not reflect how much women earn compared to men but how much they own and keep. And unfortunately, the gender wealth gap is way bigger than the gender pay gap. So to throw a couple more numbers at you, for every dollar a white man owns, women overall own just 32 cents and black and Latinx women just one penny. And that's why I'm so, so passionate about women learning how to manage their personal finance and invest in a sustainable way. Now, what we can do about it as individuals it's actually pretty easy. Um, talk about money. Talk about money with your family members, with your friends, and most importantly, with your coworkers. Unfortunately, women are socialized into thinking that talking about money is impolite, it's a taboo, and it's a way for the patriarchy to exert control over us women. Because let's be real, men talk about money a lot, either behind closed doors in board meetings or on the golf course. Um, and Oftentimes, young privileged men have male mentors, oftentimes a paternal figure that teach them about saving and investing early on. But all we women learn is how to spend and consume, but never how to invest and manage our money in a responsible, sustainable way. That's why I, I, I want every, every, every person out there to, to share their salary with their coworkers, especially if, if you who's listening, if you are a guy, it's really the only way for us to uncover unequal pay in the workplace. Because if, you, if we remain silent, it's the corporations that continue to financially benefit from the existing pay gaps. Wow, those statistics are like i knew them before um but again it's just every time i hear it it's just it's crazy how evident how evident is like the gap and i mean you just mentioned also for example women talk about money way less than their male counterparts so i think we can say that sometimes like deep biases often influence like underrepresented communities from advancing in their career for example which tips do you have for anyone like facing those internal biases? Have you experienced those being a woman? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, very good question, Erica. This is actually a tough one because a lot of the narrative that we have around diversity, equity, and inclusion these days focuses on targeting marginalized groups, such as women of color, for example, suggesting that there is something about them that is wrong, that needs to be fixed. For example, and you're probably familiar with this yourself, many companies have launched special programs for women that address topics like combating imposter syndrome, for example, when in reality, we actually need programs that address white and male privilege and systemic discrimination that resulted in certain groups of people being marginalized in the first place. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we still need safe spaces such as ERGs, employee resource, resource groups. I'll always be a big fan of those. As I was mentioning earlier, I, I, I used to lead the women at ERG at my company. But considerably more effort should go into programs that address systemic issues such as covert racism, power systems, pay gaps, microaggressions, and unconscious bias. Um, so I think that is, that is a very important distinction to make there. For me personally, luckily I do work for a company that is quite progressive. Um, so I've never felt discriminated because I am a woman per se but you know being an immigrant with english not being my first language and me usually being the youngest person in any room comes with its own set of challenges i would say thank you tamina thank you for everything that you that you share today and for the listeners we want to let them know where can they find you online yeah. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Nasty and Erica. This is a lot of fun. Thank you so much for everything that you do and the community that you're building. Uh, it's it's truly, truly awesome. Um, people can find me online. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me Tamina Stoll. I'm the only Tamina Stoll on LinkedIn, so <laughs> you'll find me pretty quickly. And then um, I'm active on Instagram as well under uh, the handle Give Her Dollars. And yeah, feel free to follow along, shoot me a message. I'm looking forward to hearing from you all. Thank you for listening to Closer in Tech, a podcast created by the D2 Collective. We are on a mission to make the tech world feel closer. If you're new here, the D2 Collective is a global value-based membership community for those working in tech. Our members get access to a growing network of inspiring and talented individuals, regular meetups in the major European cities, and additional content to unlock their personal and professional growth. If you want to be part of it, head to the D2Collective.community.